Hi there. I'm Dr. Sarah Wilson, naturopathic doctor, author, practice mentor, researcher, and passionate connector of the dots of health. As the medical director of Advanced Women's Health and the founder of Naturopathic Clinical Mentorship, I help patients and practitioners to deeply understand the connection between hormones and inflammation so that they can improve their most complex health concerns or cases. Advanced Women's Health, the podcast, is a space for practitioners and discerning health consumers to learn about cutting-edge research in the area of women's health. Before we get started, though, let's set the ground rules. This information is not meant to diagnose or treat. I am a doctor, but not your doctor. I completely understand that you're going to want to implement some of these strategies. We are talking about really compelling stuff, but please always do so with a medical practitioner's support. So let's dive in. In today's episode and the next few episodes, we are going to deviate from our regular scheduled research discussions and talk about something that is so relevant at the current time of recording, which is how to stay afloat, how to manage your practice, how to use this time effectively, and how to go really from overwhelmed to implementing things that you want to implement in this unprecedented time in the world. These This information is going to have so much value for such a long period of time, which is why I wanted to share it, because you are going to learn about how to do research, about systems in your business, about how to manage anxiety. We have a variety of interviews talking about grief and use of essential oils, talking about budgets, and how to stay afloat in a crisis. Finally, we're also going to be talking about creating community in this time, which is so critical where people feel so isolated. So I'm so excited to share these with you. If you want to jump ahead a few episodes and go right back into our research, it is going to be there for you. But in any situation, I didn't want this to be just for people going through my courses. I wanted to help more people. I hope you enjoy it. And I will see you on the other side. Right before this section, we covered what you want to be known for. So for anyone following along here, um, you this is not a video. So if you're just listening to the audios, you're going to want to go back and read that section. But that's the section where I go through how to figure out who you want to help, why you want to help them, what conditions you want to be known for, and what's a one-liner. The reason why a lot of people are like, oh, I don't want a niche. And so I feel you. It's it's challenging. It's really hard. But people need to know how to refer to you. And when you're known for one condition, people refer for other things, naturally. My business is called Advanced Women's Health. I get referred men all the time. I tell them I will only take them if their partner refers, because otherwise they don't listen, (laughs) or they have a support system in place um, with someone who knows me, because I do think that's a really important part of what I'm doing and the, the support I'm providing. And I don't work on certain men's health issues, let's be completely honest. But that aside, I do one thing, I get referred for other things. So when you get really well known for one thing, people know what to refer to you for, which I think is really important. It also makes it so much easier to have an evidence-informed practice. So it's just, it's a critical, critical piece to what we're doing. And with that, the whole evidence-informed piece means that there's going to be research to some of the aspects you're doing. And it's much easier to research five or 10 conditions than it is to research everything. And so research is a very tricky topic. It's something I'm so, so, so passionate about, and I would love to see more people include in their practices. Uh, So today I wanted to break down a little bit more about how to make research easy. So With that, we have so many resources available to us now. There's PubMed, there's research journals, there is 
like natural medicine standard. Um, there's the dietary subset, which are all available through kind of PubMed-esque, right? The PubMed family. So when we're looking into this, how do you do research? First and foremost, when you know what you want to be known for and you have five to seven other conditions outside of that, you can start with active research. So active research is you diving into the research. It's you getting right into PubMed, or like I said, the Natural Standards Database is a really good jumping off point because it has something called the, um, it's like evidence checker or something along that lines, effectiveness checker. So when you click on that and you type in a condition, it will give you a list of things that have a lot of research. There are gonna be things missing on that list. There are going to be things that they say aren't effective that we see in our practices are, it's just a really good jumping off point. So that's a really good active strategy. You could also go into PubMed and start searching, but use all of the filtering criteria. People get so overwhelmed because you get 20,000 research articles when you search Hashimoto's and you're like, oh, where do I even start? So check that you only want it to be humans. You can check the time frame. You can put in an exclusion. So when you go into the advanced search section, you can say that you want Hashimoto's in the title, not Hashimoto's as the author, right? Because Hashimoto is a last name as well. Um, so there's so many ways to restrict this criteria. If you only want green tea and HPV, for example, then you put and in all capital letters and it ties those two words together. You can also do this in the advanced section. So, so many ways to really refine that search when you're doing active research for a condition or a patient. I always tell people as well, make that a protocol so you don't have to do it again. So have one spot where you store all of the research and all of the dosages and all of the products for Hashimoto's. Okay, great. Nigella has some research. Interesting. Who carries that? Okay, NFH has one. New Roots has one. Okay, I could put it in a signature supplement. Awesome. Now I know. This is the dosage I want to use. This is how it works. This is how to explain it to patients. And have all of that in one document so that you are not just constantly trying to redo the research again. Really, really, really critical in my practice in order to, again, have an evidence-informed practice that doesn't take me a million years. Passive research is what you do when you've done an active search. So this is where you can you can sign up now with the with PubMed. They'll send you alerts. Um, there's also an alert section I will link to in the notes um, that I use that essentially you put in keywords and it will give you all of the research that comes out every week in that topic. It's so helpful, so incredibly helpful for me to not have to go searching. And then I just click that email, I open it up and I say, great, these are the all the articles that came out. What are the trends here? Is there, because it's new research, right? So you're not gonna say, oh, there's a brand new study, I need to look at this. And it's going to be like, it's. this is how I'm going to treat. You can look at it and say, oh, interesting. That's a trend. I've seen that come up a few times over the last couple of years. I'm going to look into that. So something, for example, that I started to see is bioacid research with insulin signaling. I was like, okay, saw it once. Interesting. Saw it twice. Very interesting. And then you do more research and you try to pull that in and figure out how you can put that into play in your practice. Same if we're looking at PCOS. Oh, one quercetin study. Interesting. Okay. Another quercetin study. Very interesting, right? So we're starting to see patterns in what can be effective in different conditions. You don't need to read every research article, but it gives you an overview so that you really know where to get started. So that's always, always my recommendations when practitioners are trying to get into research and using research in their practice. 
take some time to come up with what are the standard protocols. So like, what are the things that have the most research? Great. Write those down. What are the products that you have and carry that you would use? What are the dosages you need to be effective? Write all that down, one document, have that prepared. Then you say, okay, perfect. I'm going to get updates on these certain conditions that, again, I want to be known for. Then you're just having that constant flow of things. It's content, right? You can write blog posts on it, um, but it's also something that's going to continually inform your practice so that research doesn't feel so overwhelming all of the time. Because it can be hard because when you're researching a patient, right, and not just a condition, there's going to be so over so many overlapping features. But the nice thing I like about being constantly in the research as well is that you're going to see underlying conditions that are similar. You're going to see mitochondrial damage in a number of conditions and a patient comes in and then they have all these symptoms and you're like, great, it's the mitochondria. So you can start to understand some of the underlying things as well with the immune system, with mitochondrial dysfunction, with immunological changes, with insulin resistance, oxidative stress you're going to be able to see the patterns and then you're going to know what to dive into and start to treat to affect the most things. So this is a quick one because a lot of the work, again, is just is doing it on your own. It's getting into that research. It's figuring out what you want to be knowing for and it's starting to collect that information so you're not doing it over and over and over again. But I hope that helps. Limit your searches, use the advanced functions, use the pub crawlers, do whatever you need to do to make this something that you can do in an hour every week. I personally think we can be doing the majority of our research within max two, maybe three hours if you're getting really, really into it. Everyone has that time, whether it's a break in your day with patients, whether it's a little bit of time that you take at the end of the day, there's always, always room for that and patients want it and patients love it. So many people come to me because I offer an evidence-informed approach to care. This is not saying it's better than anything else, right? It's just if you have the motivation to move in that direction, now is the time to start doing that. And now is the time to start to get known as someone who provides that type of care in your community. I hope this helps. Because I'm a lover of all things research, never hesitate to reach out to me if you need more support. I have a whole lecture on this and much, much more in my course if that's something that you wanted as well. Again, this is not about selling though. This is about providing you guys support. You can do this. You have the fundamentals. You don't need another course. You need implementation, which is why we're taking you out of that overwhelm and getting you into it. So take a couple days, put this together, and then move on to the next step. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed this show, I would love a review because that is how more people find out about us and ultimately get well. If you are a medical practitioner and you're interested in taking one of my courses to learn how to implement these research strategies, see naturopathicmentorship.com. If you're a patient, we have a couple of options. I can try to hook you up with one of my trained practitioners Or alternatively, if you have a practitioner you love, I do offer one-on-one consults about your case to support that practitioner in learning further. For more information on these strategies, see the show notes. And finally, if you just want to keep in touch, I am always active on Instagram and Facebook, and I look forward to connecting with you there. Have a great day and be well.